Welcome back. Time to see if we can't close the wealth gap. Because we all know it's getting bigger. There is a widening gap between those who have wealth and those who will never have wealth. So what can you do? What side of the divide are you on? And how do you change? That's the key word we're going to talk about today. With the man who's helped millions make millions and change their lives for the better. Tyrone French. Hey, Tyrone. Hey, Paul. You know, I, I tell you what, buddy. This is something. I don't know how this this episode, this <laughs> show is going to turn out. I know. Uh, no, don't don't is, start limiting it. This. You just told me don't have self-limiting beliefs. Don't limit yourself. <laughs> and this is powerful <laughs> stuff, I'm telling you. We're going to talk about fear today. And, and because that is at the heart of it what keeps me and so many of us from listening to you and others. We know what you're saying is true. What keeps us from taking action? Isn't just well, a decision, isn't just too much uh, information, it's fear. Let me tell you why I went there. And you're absolutely right. But it's something that the majority of our population just do not want to discuss. They don't want to face it. No. They, they just want to brush it off. And not understanding that we're people are creating a prison of their own beliefs, their own limiting beliefs based on the fears that they carry around with them every single day. I just I'm kind of an old hippie. I just read somebody from a while ago that said we all live in our own consensual hallucination. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we Absolutely. choose to believe that it's true. Well, let's talk about fear for a second, because I'm, I'm the poster child for fear. I, I'm the baby boomer who, when I was young, had no fear. You know, my generation was fearless. Hey, I didn't need to figure out what I was going to do in college. I live one day at a time. I'm going to travel all over the place. I'm going to go find myself. My dad used to say, find yourself. Why don't you just find a job? Uh, but all I could think about is, you know, trying things and, and following my own muse, and I've lived my life that whole way. So I didn't have a lot of fear that my father's generation did, the World War II generation. Oh, my God, they'd gone through the Great Depression and World War II. They got practical early on because they were hit with an overdose of fear in their early years. It made them very conservative about money and about investing in all sorts of things, not changing jobs and whatnot. We came along and said, we're going to change the world. We're going to try and do everything. Now, in our old age, we're finding ourselves afraid. Just what your last show talked about. Uh, women who had too little saved, worrying that we're going to outlive our money, uh, worrying about what the future is going to look like in this country here with all the chaos and fear that's being pumped into us daily in the, by the everybody. All of that is not something I'm used to dealing with because I lived my life fearless and fancy free. And now all of a sudden I get older, I'm finding myself more and more fearful. And I, I, it's uncomfortable. Well, think about this for a minute. Growth is natural. Yeah. You know, you, you're going to grow as far as, you know, a child to a uh, teenager to adult. So growth right. is natural. But development is optional. Ooh, say that so again. Growth is, growth is natural, but development is optional. It's optional. So you have the choice whether you're going to keep. So that's funny. We did, you know, so many in this station here, I hear these common threads. And that's why I'm excited about this one. Because over the last month, I've heard in different shows, touching in different ways on the same thread we're talking about fear. So just what you said right there. It's an it's, option. It's an option. And it's just like oxygen. 
you know, we're, everybody's breathing the same air. But if you take that air out of the room, then it will become obvious to everybody. First, it was just something that something is something that we did. It's something that we didn't have to think about. But you start limiting the oxygen in the room and people, will, they'll begin to notice it. Yeah, <laughs> Real, they'll get lightheaded. Yeah. They'll start gibbering and jabbering and then it, you know, they'll lose uh, motor, motor uh, control. Yeah, and all of a sudden control, they'll become right. unconscious. Fear has different levels. It does the same exact thing. And you panic when you realize that there's a problem and you can't stop it. You start to panic. There's no the panic yeah. uh, when people have these panic attacks. And again, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a sociologist, but I'm a people person right. and I study people and I've worked in sales long enough to, to, to actually see buying cues in, in, in people and pretty much all the conversations and the questions are the same. And what you're doing is you're transferring your belief inside into somebody else. You're, you're transferring a vision to that person as far as trying to solve their problem. And until they get a grasp uh, uh, as far as that reality, that vision that they see that th this, this is actually a solution towards their problem, then they're never going to do anything. Right. And so if you don't address the fear that they're having, then it's not an issue. It's a non-issue. Even though that the the cell that they've created is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. It is not too uncomfortable to do something about it. So you touched on three themes that I hear a lot of people talking about in this station. One is that fear is not reality. Uh, fear, we had one show that said recently he comes as we have a very spiritual show. He's actually a, a, a Episcopalian priest. Uh, who does a show here, and then he's also a business consultant on the side. I don't know how you combine those two together, but that's what he does. He's kind of a semi-retired Episcopalian priest. Okay. And, by God, he said something that shook my world. He said, God does not intend you to be fearful. God didn't make you to be fearful. Now, uh, whether you believe in God or don't believe in God, that's a powerful statement, because I think many of us right now think fear is the normal state. Well, i tell you what, it, it, since you brought that up, uh, there is a scripture in the Bible, and again, I'm not a theologian, I'm not a, I'm not a priest or anything, right. but I, I read that book because I, I love to read, and the, and, the, and the principles that are in, the, in, the, in that book uh, are undeniable. And the wisdom, so th th there is a certain, whether you believe that it's, the stories are true, whether you believe in the Bible, there is a certain inherent wisdom in it that survived through the generations. Absolutely. So there's a, there's a scripture in there that says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So what he's telling you is that I'm telling you what I didn't give you and I'm telling you what I did give you. So if once you find yourself in fear and you understand that God has not given you that fear or your creator has not given you that fear, at that moment you realize that you're not in your right mind. Yeah, fear is not the normal state even though it's we not the norm. And send, even though we tend to think of it. So that's one issue. The second one is that fear is limiting. Well, we did another show, and they talk, everybody talks about the fight-or-flight mechanism. It goes back to our lizard brain, our, our caveman days. This instinct, when something's charging at you, you're either going to fight it or you're going to run away. And that that's useful if there's an elephant charging at you. It focuses your mind. you got two choices. Do you stay or do you leave? Uh, do you fight or do you run away? But that sort of fear, if you let it take over your life, as many of us have, as we've gotten older or as the chaos in the country uh, gets louder and noisier and the two sides scream fear-based messages at you all day long 
what happens is, according to this other show we had, that your reality changes. You only have one choice, or two choices. Do I fight or flight? There's a thousand choices you could do. You could tame the elephant and learn to ride him. You could uh, turn that into a useful. You could, uh, I don't know, there's other choices than you think. But fear limits you to just A or B, yes or no. Well, let me, let me touch on this, because the, when we talk about fear as far as the reality, fear can only exist internally. Mm. It, it only exists, it's not real. So it's based on, when you say it becomes your reality, what you do is you change that imagination. You change that vision. And I'll tell you what, because fear can never exist in the present. It can only exist in the past and the future. Wow. Okay, now you're getting heavy. I mean, i got to think about this for a second. So fear is, because fear seems like it's just in the moment. It's just in the present. But you're saying it's a fear of what happened or what's going to happen, and you lose sight of that you're not living in the moment then. Is that what you're saying? You lose sight that you're not living in the moment and, and goes back to what you said as far as the options and the choices. You think that you, can, you only have A or B because at, at that point, Fear has, has, has made you so contained that you start to believe that you only have your choices are limited when that's not true. Well, you brought up another point. I'm going to come clean here. I've suffered from panic attacks at different points in my life. I've been, even though I, I think of myself as a free and easy, you know, aging baby boomer, ex-hippie, uh, not afraid of anything. I find myself, when I'm particularly in planes and that contains space, I find myself suffering. And it's been something I've had on and off for years. And I've forced myself to fly, and to a certain extent, I've desensitized myself at different times. But, but I notice that when I start to panic in the plane, my heartbeat races, my uh, pulse increases, I start sweating. I have physical manifestations from simply this thought. Nothing has changed Absolutely. in the plane. Not, I'm not, the plane's not crashing. I'm in no danger. And, and, if, and the challenge is to get myself out of that mindset, to quit playing that movie in my head over and over again, I'm trapped or something bad's going to happen. And, wow. and, and to talk to somebody else and to, to get my head off of it. Uh, and it's, it's, it's amazing. And, you, and, and, and here's the other thing. It's embarrassing. Because I'm, I'm, I think of myself as an intellectual person. I know better. I know there's nothing scary here. But I can't control the thoughts. The thoughts become overwhelming. And so you have to do physical things to try and get yourself grounded and touch something around you and, and stop, get out of this little movie that's playing in your head that's changing your reality. Your physical reality. Physical it's reality. I sweat. Your heart races. Everything else races just because of a thought. The body, the body basically is is a dumb terminal. <laughs> it can only do what the mind tells it to do. Mm. So you don't just wake up one day, or you don't just you don't just find yourself in the midst of a panic attack. That's the result. Right. It goes back to what caused it. Yeah, so right. the dialogue, uh, the the visions, the images, everything that began the race towards your conclusion of a panic attack. You let go. It, it had a free reign. Right. And it got larger and larger and larger. Then once you come to yourself, like you said, the, uh, you know, the heart, the increased heart rate, the sweating, 
the, the, the nervousness, the jitters. Right. Then all of a sudden you begin to calm yourself down, which is your mind. And you said it's a mindset. Yes. So it's it's not that it's not that it's so unique that that, you know, only a few people are going through this fear. Everybody deals with fear in one way or another. Not everybody in one has, way or another. Yeah, not everybody has panic. Attack. And and I can tell you this is going to sound even stupider, but I, part of I find the way to deal with pain, uh, fear is to talk about it. The one thing you don't yes. want to do because you feel stupid and you and you feel frightened or you feel embarrassed. Um, and I've tried to talk this out with therapists. I've talked it out with anybody. I try and talk it about people sitting next to me on the plane, whatever it is. Because the more I talk about it, the more I can gain control, the more I can become the adult and not the child. It's like a kid frightened of the dark. We, you know, my little grandson, he's going through that phase. He's frightened of the dark now here. I can't just tell him, oh, knock it off. There's nothing there. To him, it's real. And, right. and fear is the other thing I find about fear is so uncomfortable is that fear is not logical. You know there's nothing to be afraid of. Your mind, your logical mind is telling yourself, well, why am I afraid? There's nothing in the dark. This plane's not going to crash. Nothing's going to happen here. But fear is, is not a logical response. It's an illogical response. And I think we have the same thing when it comes to finances and so many other things here. It's logically we can tell ourselves we should do something but the fear when it takes over becomes illogical and then you can't just you can't just push it out you can't just you can't just reason fear away uh, unless you get it out in the, in the open and talk about it over and over again there's nothing in the dark nothing's going to happen the more you get out and talk about it uh, and the other thing i found i'll throw one other crazy one out for your consideration i remember the first time i had a panic attack on a plane it was in my 20s and I don't. I, I was very tired. It was an overnight flight. I had stressed myself out getting to the plane. No wonder I had some reaction. Okay. Now every panic attack since then for the last forty years has been remembering that one and being afraid it's going to happen again. Exactly. Exactly. And and it's a pattern. Yeah. Not only is it a pattern, but it's a conditioned pattern, right. just like a record player. Right. When you take that, you put, you know, you have the, the vinyl records and you put them on that record player. That groove. And you put that needle on it. You have grooves. And that needle is only going to pick up what's in that groove. Yeah. So Napoleon Hill addressed it the same way. He wrote two books. The first book was called The Law of Success. Right. Famous book. That book transitioned into Think and Grow Rich, which everybody knows about. Right. Everybody heard about. Think but in think, and Grow but Rich. But in yeah. Think and Grow Rich. Think and Grow Rich. But in that book, he has a chapter on auto-suggestion. Mm. And he called auto-suggestion, which is self-suggestion, meaning that you talk to yourself. So that the pattern is you can actually repeat a lie. You know it's a lie, but you can actually repeat it over and over and over again until you believe it. I think that's what a lot of politicians are doing today here, over and over again, <laughs> left or right. They're telling us these things we know are nonsense, well, but we but they say it often enough and over and over again, we start to believe it. So it's believe, say, and do. You When you believe something, you begin to speak on it. That's what all the suggestion is. You begin to self-talk. You, you speak on it. And then all of a sudden, the manifestations that you find yourself doing it, you find yourself acting on it. Yeah. So it's a pattern. Right. It's a pattern. So how do we and, apply this to finances? Uh, you know, we we can talk about politics. I think we're fear, very fearful these days. It, we're living in a time when fear is what's driving our choices. We're afraid of the other guy. We're afraid of what's going to happen. I think it's what's driving the baby boomers as we get older. 
we're suddenly afraid for the first time in our life. We're getting older. We're not sure what the future looks like. We don't feel we have control or enough money. A lot of fear going through society in our lives these days for different reasons. Finances is what you talk about. How do you how do you how do you talk yourself down? How do you how do you do those three things? How do you say them again? Believe, believe, say, and do. Now here's the thing. Believe, say, and do. Believe, say, and do. People. Paul, believe this or not, because that's the choice. People are where they are financially because that's really where they want to be. Oh, boy. Ouch. I, that sounds crazy. Ouch. That makes me because cringe. <laughs> some people will say, I don't want to make more money. They'll, some, they'll say, I'll never be a millionaire. Right. Or I don't want to make more money because it's going to put me in a bigger tax, a uh, larger uh, tax yeah, right. bracket. Um, I don't need that. People, right. people, have, a, people have a preset notion as far as how how much income they need to generate on an annual basis to have the lifestyle that they're used to right that they're accustomed to not the lifestyle that they want right but the lifestyle that they're used to the lifestyle that they think that they can manifest so a lot of times even with my clients i'll find sometimes that they will sabotage themselves just to stay exactly where they are. Oh, Why? Because they don't want to change. They don't want the difference. Self-fulfilling prophecies. Haven't we all done that? That's not going to work. Gee, a big surprise so you, when it doesn't. So when it goes back to fear, Paul, you can't. You cannot eradicate fear. That that's impossible. No. What you have to do is you have to replace it. When I was a kid, mm -hmm. I was afraid of the dark. Mm -hmm. And like clockwork, around the same time every single night, I would wake up and I would run into my parents' room <laughs> because I felt as though, you know, there was a presence in there that was going to try to take me over. Absolutely. The boogeyman. The boogeyman. So it was one night I had a dream and we, when, in my room, I had three brothers. We had triple bunk beds. I had never seen that before until hmm. my parents bought these triple bunk beds. <laughs> my oldest brother slept on the top. I slept in the middle. My youngest brother slept down at the bottom. Okay. There was a sense of security of knowing when the lights came off, to were turned off, that there were two other people in the room with me. It was like a security blanket. And I wasn't alone. I wasn't by myself. But the crescendo of fear... Got, it, got me to the point to where it didn't matter if my younger brothers were in the room. The only person that could solve this was my dad at mm. this point. I knew that the boogeyman was not stronger than my dad. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I would <laughs> jump out of bed and I would run towards my parents' room. Well, after a period of, that period of time, uh, I knew that this just, even as a kid, I knew it wasn't rational. Right. So one night I had a dream. And um, to make a long story short, the boogeyman grabbed me out of my bed and was trying to uh, take me towards the closet. Mm -hmm. Now, I fought like everything in me to keep the boogeyman from dragging me into the closet. Of course. And I finally grabbed on, grabbed onto the rail of the triple bunk beds, knowing that if I grabbed it hard enough, my brothers would wake up and see what was, what was happening. <laughs> well, in the dream, guess what? They weren't there. Oh, yeah. And so I found myself. Isn't that alone. isn't that one of the common? Uh, you know, it's interesting. You said, again, we're not psychologists, but I I can yes. just tell you from my own life, my own experiences. Fear is often a very solitary thing. You feel alone. Exactly. Exactly. So I found at that point I was alone, and then all of a sudden I had a choice. I could either say no, enough. I'm not dealing with this anymore, or I could have just succumbed to the fear. 
And it was at that point I had a realization that, you know what, I don't want to live like this anymore. And I immediately woke up in my bed, under my covers, warm and safe. And my, my oldest brother was in the top. My youngest brother was in the bottom. And I came, I realized at that point that I was doing it to myself. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to say that, you know, over the next couple of weeks, I slept like a baby because it wasn't true. But I understood what was going on. So maybe and I, the, my pattern, my habit began to change. So maybe that's the point of today's story as we come to an end of this. Just, just to get it out on the table, let's recognize, folks, there's something holding us back. You're, you're listening to the show over and over again. Uh, we're trying to present different ideas to help you close the wealth gap and at least open your eyes to different possibilities. What is it in your own life that's keeping you from doing that? Is it fear? I think for many of us it is. And if it is fear, then the first thing you have to recognize is you got to recognize it and then start talking about the same things. Give us those three steps again from Napoleon Hill. It's you. It's believe, say and do. So what's happening, Paul, is going from it's going from an unknown to a known. Yes. Right. And that's comforting. Something you can have because you can deal with something if you know it, Uh, you know, and in fact, I've never been through the program. One of our other show hosts talks about it all the time. He's he's open about his past alcohol consumption, and he's a, been a longstanding member of uh, of uh, the twelve step program. Hey, hey. And okay. the first pro- step is admit you got a problem. That's the yes. hardest step of all. I got a problem, folks. Do we have a problem with finances? I think we all do. Absolutely. And Absolutely. If, if there is a widening wealth gap, then we've got to recognize we've got a problem. We've got to recognize that maybe it's fear. It's not just lack of knowledge that's holding us back. There's something else that's keeping us from pulling the trigger. Find that, fix it, and then you can start to change. change. You begin Not only, Paul, will you begin to change, but that development will take place. I liken it to like a, a, a weed. You can hmm. chop the top or the head off that weed, but if you don't deal with the root, guess what? Next week, hello, surprise, yeah. it's there again. Yeah. Well, so we're dealing with we're we're turning these oh, unknowns man. into knowns, and and I like to to look at it like wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Wisdom is what to do. Understanding is why you're doing it, but the knowledge is how. So the first two, wisdom and understanding, those are the two things that you focus on, and the how will present itself every single time. Well, we're going to show you how each and every week, and we hope you'll keep tuning in and not tuning us out. Uh, but we got to understand, I think, to really take action what it is that's holding us back. And I think for many of us at this point in our lives or in this point in our country or in this point after so many years of doing the same thing and saying, I can't do it, I can't change, there's something holding us back. And I think its root cause is just that ugly word that we don't ever want to admit or face, the boogeyman, the fear within us. That God is not get, uh, that our Creator has not given to us. Yeah. So if He didn't give it to us, then we're creating it. It's not a normal state. We can get out of it. It's not rational. It's irrational. It's uh, it's something that we can control if we reason and talk it out. And it's not normal. It limits our view of the world. Uh, it, it's it's not healthy and it's not normal. It it serves a purpose once in a while to focus you, but if it grips a hold of you then it's changing your life in the wrong way. Absolutely. Um, you know, this is something we're going to talk about again, over and over and over again, until people really start to get it. And then what's going to happen, Paul, is their universe, the people around, the fearful people around them that's reinforcing their fear, uh, 
will probably start to disappear. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, because, we, you know, again, we all live in our own consensual hallucination. We choose to believe these things. <laughs> I like that. All right. Well, thanks for uh, hallucinating with us a little bit here today. Uh, how do they get in touch with you if they want to learn more about it? it you know, do you ever help people deal with this? I know you're not a, a motivational coach here, but it seems like you've, you're, you're more than just a financial advisor. You seem to want to grab hold of people and say, let me help you. Wake, wake up. Yeah, wake, wake up. And I, I deal with it all the time. I get the emails. I get the phone calls. I get the text messages. And what they're doing and what's, re what's really satisfying to me is when people reach out to their their network and they're sharing information they see the transformation and that's that lets me know that you know uh you know I, I'm, I'm doing this with a purpose uh it's it's a calling and it's helping a lot of people out there so that that's satisfying to me i'd like to do a future show on because i know you went through the military for a long period of time and i did not most of us did not and i think there's an organization that somehow teaches you i suspect how to deal with your fear otherwise nobody would ever charge up the hill and follow the Absolutely. That, that'll be a great show. All right. Well, great until show. then, uh, you've been listening again to Closing the Wealth Gap. The one show where we ha try and help you not only understand what you can do and how to do it, but the barriers that keep you from taking action. It's up to you. You want to close the wealth gap? Tune in here each and every week right on Orange County's only community radio station. OC Talk Radio. Uh, next.